it's much, much easier to go to a show than you are trying to do a comprehensive consulting project. All those things that you are thinking about, you can get it done through going to a show because you will meet many people who are in your industry. And then you can talk to them and figure out who might be the right kind of a partner and if it makes sense to open an office. So I would say relatively low risk and low cost. Welcome to China Biz Connect, the podcast that explores the fast-changing landscape of business-to-business sales and marketing in China with your hosts, Tim Lindemann and Michael Bragan. Today, we will be interviewing Michelle Zhou, founder and CEO of Pacific Technologies Consulting Group, a management consulting firm that specializes in China-U.S. cross-border business. Michelle is also one of the directors for the Washington State China Relations Council, where she builds relationships between China and the U.S. and works on projects that help organizations from both countries exchange ideas, find partners, and grow business. Before founding Pacific Technologies Consulting Group, Michelle spent many years working for Microsoft in both the U.S. and in China. This episode is part two of a two-part interview focusing on trade shows as a go-to-market strategy for tech companies looking to build a business in China. Michelle Zhou is an expert on the topic, and in the first episode, she walked us through the benefits of trade shows, giving examples of a couple of tech-focused shows and offering advice for choosing the right show. In today's episode, we will get into the nuts and bolts of trade show planning, budgeting, execution, and follow-up. Michelle, it's great to have you on the show. Would you say that for mid-sized companies that are just getting started and just trying to get to know the China market, would you generally recommend that they make an investment in an exhibition booth? Mm. I think uh, I would recommend this company first to talk to someone who is very knowledgeable about China. Uh, then make a decision. So if this company has absolutely no knowledge about China, going to a show would be a good starting point. And if the company is not sure what they should show there, right, exhibit there, then maybe the first time go there as a visitor to get a look, you know, have a sense of how the shows in China looks like. But if the company already have their own products, uh, things that they are pretty comfortable with, they just want to see uh, how the Chinese market reacts, I would say, go ahead, get a booth and bring your products there. So you would get a lot more exposure and you will get feedback much more quickly than you are sitting at home trying to learn about the market, trying to think about, oh, would people like it or not? So that's my quick sense of uh, what you want to do. And I would say it's not that expensive to go. So it's relatively low cost. And uh, as I mentioned, low risk by going there. It's much, much easier to go to a show than you are trying to do a comprehensive consulting project or 
directly open up a office or trying to find many different ways to find partners. All those things that you are thinking about, you can get it done through going to a show because you will meet many people who are in your industry. And then you can talk to them and figure out who might be the right kind of a partner. And if it makes sense to open an office now, or is it better to work through a partner, etc. So I would say relatively low risk and low cost. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, aside from the question of getting an exhibition booth, are there other typical add-on options that make sense? Uh, for example, sponsoring events within the conference that make sense that you've seen used effectively? If it's your first time and if you don't know much about China, I think uh, the first time I wouldn't uh, invest too much on sponsoring or doing other things. So I probably would participate uh, in conferences if I would have a chance to speak through doing the sponsorship. Then I think that, that makes sense. If you just uh, you know go there trying to get uh, some brand exposure and don't have good opportunities to really get media, then maybe sponsoring would be a relatively high cost for you. So look at the trade-off, what you are trying to get from that. With that goal in mind, then you make a decision on how much you want to spend, how much or what kind of activities you want to, the options, the add-on options that you want to put in for that show. Yeah, that, that makes total sense to me, Michelle. I'm wondering, especially since you were talking about it being a good idea to go in and listen to some of the speeches, and when you're talking about making contacts and relationships with potential partners and buyers, we need to keep in context that these trade shows in China are completely in Chinese. And I'm just wondering what the firms that you've worked with have had to do in order to prepare for presenting their product in Chinese and speaking with a Chinese audience? Mm. Uh, That's a great question. Well, for the exhibition side, I would highly recommend you localize your marketing materials into Chinese because that's how you can get people's attention Right, and get their understanding just by passing by your booth and attract them. Uh, I think that, that kind of an investment you really should do. When the Washington State Department of Commerce, they put together a very brief marketing flyer about Washington State. When they sent to me, I said, well, you guys need to do it into Chinese. So they did it quickly and uh, just brought uh, copies of the materials uh, in Chinese. And uh, in every meeting they go, everybody they met, they hand out that. The companies I worked with, they did that uh, preparation. Materials are in Chinese. Business cards, I would suggest you do the two sides. One side is your regular English one. On the other side, you put Chinese there. If you look at the Chinese folks hand over the business card to you, their cards are all in Chinese and English. 
because they're prepared for you. I think that's the fundamental things. And I also would suggest you, if you don't speak Chinese, just learn a few words, the very basic words uh, like ni hao, which is like hello, and things like xie xie, which is a thank you. Very simple words. I have one guy, he learned just those two words, and then he got the materials printed in Chinese. And then he was at the China International Import Expo. He stood outside of the booth, hand over materials to other people, the flyers, right? Because he really cannot say much. So he said, ni hao, and then <laughs> put his flyers and send it to other people's hand. Then people look at that, got a sense of what he was selling. Then start to talk to him. The people, you know, some people speak uh, some English. Uh, I would say they can read better than speak, just in general terms. I would say Chinese people, many of them into those uh, international shows, they can read pretty well and they can listen okay. And they can speak to some level, maybe not very fluently, but uh, they can make the basic conversation. The key is how do you get the conversation started? Having your handout in Chinese can be a really easy way. So that's on the exhibition side. Then the conferences side, they all have those simultaneous uh, translation. Uh, interpretation and the people are putting those uh, headsets so the people that presented if you have a presentation i suggest you put chinese in that presentation so when people look at it they can get the message much easier but you can speak in english because what you said will be translated through a interpreter so that's the basic things you can do to make it a little bit more effective than just to stay with your own language. That's fantastic. That's all very great advice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> very practical too. The one piece that that's missing in my mind here is I think that if you're going, you don't know Chinese, you're going to need to hire an interpreter as well, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, if you have a booth there, I highly suggest you have somebody who can speak Chinese there. It will be really helpful to you, <laughs> right? Before you go, work with a consultant who knows the market uh, to help you prepare those things, uh, help you think about your strategy, and uh, be very clear on your goals. Then you can start to act on getting your materials ready, hire the right people, or get the right representative there, uh, set up a business meetings if you can through uh, the uh, consultant or the people that uh, can help you. The other thing is, I would highly suggest you to install a application. It's called a WeChat. It's like a WhatsApp. That's a Chinese version. And it's a lot more powerful. That's the app that every Chinese is on. So you want to install that on your phone and learn how to use it. Because when you go to China, these days, if you just exchange business cards with people, after you send an email, nobody reply you. Because more and more people using WeChat as the way, not just for social, but for business. 
So you use WeChat and that tool can also help you translate. If you have something that you don't have people nearby, you can just type in English in WeChat and you send to the other person. That person just tap into the button to translate it into Chinese, back and forth, right? That's just a, such an efficient tool to use. And then when you come back to the US, that you can use WeChat, not just texting. One of the functions I like to use is more like a walkie-talkie kind of function. So you can just leave messages, voice messages there, many messages. <laughs> you can just leave there and the other person can listen, or you can go back and forth. And of course, if you want to talk simultaneously, like a phone call, you can just use that app and it's totally free. So definitely go and get that app installed and use it and add people's WeChat to your uh, app uh, during the show. Okay. So what sort of costs are there involved in attending a show exclusive of the actual fees for a booth? Well, let me first uh, talk a little bit about the booth fees. Then we talk about the travel and the other fees. I think that gives a more complete picture. The two shows I'm working on, one is the China International Import Expo, and the other is the International Technology Fair. Both of them are in Shanghai, and they are about a similar price for the booth. For the floor, bare empty floor, it's about $300 per square meter. And for a standard booth that has some furniture in, it's a nine square meter, which is about a little bit less than 100 square feet. Uh, the cost is $3,000 US dollars. So both are the same price. And there's some other shows I'm working on. It's around that price range for a standard booth. So that's something just as a starting point, right? Uh, if a company wants to go there, uh, think about that. Then the travel, one of the big pieces is the international flight. Uh, I live in Seattle. From Seattle to Shanghai or to Beijing, the direct flight, the price really changes based on the season. Uh, in April or November, it's really cheap. It's about a 500 to 600 US dollars. In the summertime, it can go to 1,500 US dollars. So that's the range from 600 to 1,500 on the international round trip flight. Another big piece is, of course, the hotel expense. The hotel, I would say I wouldn't go to those very, very expensive hotels. And especially now I'm running my own business. Uh, when I was working for Microsoft, uh, we live in better hotels. Now, when I go there, I just uh, go to a moderate ones. And it's about uh, between $100 to $150 per night uh, in those big cities. Then if you add some other expenses, like, you know, uh, your meals and other things and a taxi. So let's say hotel plus other expenses, you put like $200 per day. I think that should be enough. So if you do seven days, that's about another 1500 If you look at everything together, exclude the booth, that's about... Uh, 3,000 US dollars. If you include the booth, that's about uh, between 5,000 to 6,000, I think, as a good starting point to go there and uh, have a 
nine square meter booth. <laughs> and on top of that, if you want to bring another person or if you want to hire an interpreter or if you want to do a little bit of decoration for the booth, then where does this range to? If you bring another person, well, in China, it's totally okay if you share a room. <laughs> so that wouldn't add too much on your uh, hotel expense. I think it's more to say international flight. If the decoration part, a standard booth, the decoration is very minimum. You can, as simple as just bring in your pop-up banners and have handouts or have some posters on the wall. So that cost almost nothing. If you are really serious about the show, then you may want to have those empty floor. Then you get constructions, renting those furnitures. Uh, I would say think about just double your space cost. Um, maybe you don't need that much, but uh, just as a simple way to think about it, to budget it, I would put that way. If you don't need it, simultaneous translation interpreter, that will be a lot cheaper, but it's much cheaper than here in the U.S. So another question that I have is how much time you should plan to spend in country if the length of the conference is three days, for example, how much time should you get there ahead of time and how much time should you plan to stay afterwards potentially to meet people after the conference or have continuing discussions? Mm -hmm. If you are going there, if you are exhibiting, then I would just highly suggest you be there two days before, depending on what you have. If your stuff is just a very simple pop-up banner with some uh, flyers and with your whatever, the things that you can just easily carry in, then one day before the show, if they allow you to go and set up, that, that's enough. Uh, normally, they will give you two to three days before the show starts to do the setup. So that's the time you need to think about. During the exhibition, the show time, just to be prepared, you will be really busy. Uh, one is the show itself is busy and uh, conferences, all these different things. I highly suggest you have more than one person, <laughs> at least uh, two people, so you can make turns, uh, take a break, and uh, take the time to look at other things. Also, be very prepared that in the night, you may stay really late. Uh, the reason for that is I have seen people use every minute they have. Uh, you may meet people that can be partners or customers. And at the show, you talk to for a little while, then they may invite you, well, let's talk more. Let's have a drink. Let's have dinner together. That's great time to get to know each other. That means they want to build a relationship with you, not just from the show floor. They want to know you as a person. And having dinner or having a drink together, that makes the relationship a much deeper level. So take the time, do it. What we did last November, uh, all the folks, they are so busy. After the show closed, right, that everybody's getting out. Then they go and uh, in restaurants, meeting partners, friends, customers, and they 
after one, they go to another one. So they arrange until like midnight to attend those kind of shows. Yeah, be prepared. And I hope you have a very strong body so you can <laughs> you can survive through this, uh, uh, no matter it's three days, five days. <laughs> uh, and to answer your question, uh, Michael, about how much time you want to leave after the show finished. Well, I would say as much time as you can, because if you meet somebody there and if you want to be serious about the potential collaboration together, you may want to go to their company and uh, see what facility they have, where they are, and know everybody there. Uh, Build this kind of trust. So I would say, plan, really leave some time for yourself to do some visiting. And if you can plan more time there. So you would best use your time and your money when you go to China. Thank you. So one other question is regarding the business culture around gift giving. Should people that are going to China for the first time bring small gifts to give to potential partners or even potential customers? I highly recommend to do that. If you notice Chinese visitors coming to the U.S., they always bring small gifts. So I think uh, it's nice to exchange gifts versus you just take, not giving. Uh, When you go there, bring some gifts because you may meet people, they will give you some small things. And it's a good gesture uh, when you go there, if you have some small gifts to give. It doesn't need to be valuable stuff. It can be something with your company logo, uh, something small, but uh, it's special, right? It represents your friendship, uh, your respect, your intention of building a relationship with them. So after you've spent the time in China, you spent a few days at a show, you've collected a bunch of business cards, you've made a few relationships, and now you're heading home. What are some of the next steps after attending a show so that you can bring business value from your investment? Well, I think follow-up is really, really important. I would say follow-up, follow-up, and follow-up. You may think, well, during the show, I've met this person, right? I, many of them are so uh, interested in my products. And we had such great uh, conversation. And uh, I think uh, we will have a deal. If you don't uh, follow up or if you just follow up and nothing comes back, you give up, uh, then you will get nothing. I think uh, be persistent, do the follow-ups and make sure that uh, you use the right tools. As I mentioned, uh, people use WeChat a lot. And it's so easy to do the follow-ups through WeChat. I wouldn't give up on emails. You can do your emails, but you can also, uh, in addition to your emails, your regular way of doing business, use WeChat and follow up from there as well. The other thing is try to answer their questions or ask questions as a way to continue the conversation. And of course, uh, As we said, WeChat is such a tool, easy to make phone calls or your walkie-talkie type of things and having meetings. So do that. 
And if you have samples, sometimes a follow up of sending samples, or invite people come to your site uh, to come here. Uh, all those things are possible ways of doing the follow up. Uh, one thing I want to point out here is Chinese, and especially in the tech industry, people move really fast. People work very, very hard. There's a saying in China, in the tech industry, uh, we call it 996. That's a standard way. What is 996? Well, from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., working six days in a week. That's 996. That's very much a standard in the industry. Think about that. People move so fast. They work long hours, work hard. And if the follow-up, if they send something to you, you don't respond very quickly, you may just behind. So be prepared that you can keep up with the pace of those hardworking Chinese people, especially in the tech industry. Do you have any other advice for tech companies who are interested in using trade shows as part of their China go-to-market strategy? Yeah, I think uh, many companies in the tech industry has a lot of fears about IP being stolen. That's true. The China, I would say in general, uh, China's IP protection, the regulation policies are not uh, that good uh, to the American standard. But I think you shouldn't just stop because of the fear, right? A lot of times there's a perspectives, um, or you hear from other people talk about it. And the news, the U.S. media talks about it so much. I think uh, there are ways to protect yourself. And you may be able to find uh, good partners, good customers, or good people that uh, they respect it. So don't, because you hear something, then you don't even try. That's one advice I want to give. And uh, by the way, the Chinese government are working really hard trying to improve that uh, on the intellectual property protection. Uh, The other thing I noticed is a lot of American companies, if they have never been to China, they may think China is so far away. Actually, it's not. From Seattle, we have direct flight to Beijing, Shanghai, Shenzhen. It's about 10 hours away. I fly so many times, you know, (laughs) back and forth. So direct flight, you get on and you can do your work or you can sleep or watch movie. Uh, Very soon you get there. It's not that far away. And a third thing I want to mention here is, it's connected to what I mentioned before. China is moving at a really fast pace. And uh, I would say in the technology industry, there are things that China is uh, moving ahead, maybe more advanced than in the US, such as mobile payments, right? Um, People don't use cash that much now. Everything is done by their phone, even don't need credit cards. (laughs) So that's just, uh, there are things that uh, is really advanced and I'm predicting AI as well as the 5G, China probably will lead very soon. So given that, what I'm trying to say is, if you don't act, then opportunities may not wait for you for long. So get yourself, move fast, and work hard. That's my advice. 
Michelle, thank you so much for sharing these great insights. How can our listeners get in touch with you or learn more about Pacific Technologies Consulting Group? To learn about uh, Pacific Technologies Consulting Group, um, our listeners can go to the our company website. It is ptcgconsulting.com. And uh, to get in touch with me, well, I have my own podcast. The English one is called In China with Michelle Zhou. Uh, they can search on any of the browser, Google or iTunes, and it's hosted in voiceamerica.com. So in China with Michelle Zhou, people can get a lot of information, a lot of experts uh, talking about China there. The program is a little bit broader than the uh, China Biz Connect. It's not just focusing on tech industry, it's more broad. The other way to connect with me is through LinkedIn. Um, it's just a search for my name, Michelle Zhou. You probably can find me on LinkedIn. I welcome everybody to reach out to me through LinkedIn and uh, listen to the podcast and go to the company website, ptcgconsulting.com. Yeah, thank you, Michelle. And I also encourage everybody to listen to the podcast. It's a great podcast. I've learned a lot by listening. Yeah, by the way, I forgot to mention, I have a Chinese podcast. If our listener, any of them can understand Chinese, they can go to the Chinese podcast. Uh, it's called uh, Team Michelle Jiang Shu Mei Guo Gu Shi. That means listen to Michelle talk about uh, American stories. <laughs> So I used the Chinese in the podcast to, to talk to Chinese listeners and learn more about uh, the U.S. country life, work, uh, it's stories about people like me, Chinese in the U.S., their life, their work. So it's a fun podcast. Well, I'm going to subscribe to that one, too. <laughs> yes, Tim, you can speak Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's great. All right. Well, thank you, Michelle. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Music for the podcast is performed by the Chinese experimental rock band, Trey Wan. We would love to hear your feedback, ideas, or any questions you might have. Feel free to reach out to us in any way you feel comfortable. Connect with us on LinkedIn or follow us on Twitter. Also visit our website, ChinaBizConnect.com, where you can view show notes and sign up for our newsletter. Please subscribe to China Biz Connect on iTunes or your favorite place to get podcasts. If you enjoy the show, give us a positive rating. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk with you again soon.